Victory Week is here. It is in hand. We had the weekend off. Thursday was a grand, grand performance. And all is well once again in Dolphins land. Fins up, star of the show, <laughs> Adam Beasley. Yeah, man. I just think what they needed was a preseason. They got those two preseason games out of the way. Now they're ready to go on a run. So, um, as caddy of the show, I am Armando Salguero, and I want to start here, Adam, if if I may. Um, so today we spoke with the coaches, right? We mm-hmm. spoke with the defensive coaches and the two coordinators, and defensive coordinator Josh Boyer said that September is in the NFL is for improvement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that people understand, take them behind the scenes, um, the NFL mandates that coordinators speak once a week during the season for a minimum of 10 minutes, and sure enough, the Dolphins do it for the minimum amount of time, 10 minutes. And I uh, I wanted to ask him, so what's October for? <laughs> uh, because, you know, I, I'm, if September is for improvement, what is October? And, and by the way, while you're at it, tell me what November is for, too, because I'm kind of interested in that month. It's my birthday month. Well, uh, didn't get in, by the way. Didn't get in because we went over 10 minutes. For the Miami Dolphins, October might be the time for quarterback change. Interesting. You think that's the coming? Uh, well, no, because Armando, I mean, uh, it's, it's a disservice to the viewers of America that the NFL didn't flex this weekend's games. Seahawks, Dolphins, Fitz, Russell Wilson, two of the top six highest rated quarterbacks in the NFL, Armando, according to QBR. This is going to be a shootout. So, no, Bitch isn't going to lose his job anytime soon because he's playing well. Like, the last six quarters he's had, he's playing really well. The only question is, at what, at what point does that change? Because he is Fitz. It does go up and down. It is a roller coaster. And, B, at, at what point are they no longer in shouting distance of, of the division or, or even the wild card? Uh, and and they, have, they really have no motivation not to play the rookie. Yeah, really, this week against the Seattle Seahawks, um, you, we talked about this earlier. Uh, we, you mentioned that the over/under was fifty-five. <laughs> uh, I, I see a lot more points than that coming up on Sunday. All scored by the by the Seahawks? No, 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 no. no. You have a uh, you have a prediction, and I know that you probably wanted to get to this at the end so that mm-hmm. the climax would build and there would be all sorts of drama. Um, but no, we're doing it right now. <laughs> Our production meetings have just gone to hell. Can I? <laughs> we're, we're just doing it now because I got nothing else. Do it, baby. Uh, the Dolphins will at the very least cover. I think they have. Oh! Good, I think they have a good chance of winning this game for not one, not two, but three reasons. And the first reason is what Josh Boyer mentioned. They are improving. There's no doubt about that. And the first two games that they lost. Week one, offense and defense were both poo, right? Week two, offense was good, defense was poo. Week three, offense and defense both good. And you can, yes, point to the quality of opponent, and that certainly had something to do with it. 
But they lost by a combined 13 points to two, it turns out, pretty good football teams. We didn't think, well, at least I didn't think, the Patriots and the Bills were going to be at the level they are. The Bills are 3-0. and The Patriots are 2-1. and And their only loss came at the one-yard line of this very Seattle Seahawks team that's come into town undefeated this weekend. So, And that game was on the road, by the way, where Seattle never loses. So, yes, I, I, I do think that the AFC East, top to bottom, well, top to three, bottom is terrible. So top to three is better than people thought. And I think the Dolphins' record right now, one and two, is more a reflection on A, you know, a slow start because they got a bunch of new guys and young guys, and B, they played two playoff teams the first two weeks of the season. That's point number one. This is a long-winded answer, Armando, so get cozy. Point number two, we talked about this. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the number six rated quarterback in the NFL, according to QBR, because what he does with his arm and his legs. You and I have some fun with it in the press box when he goes all crazy legs, but it's effective. And throwing blocks out there, the the offense is – it wouldn't work if Fitz wasn't stirring the drink right now. And I think they're going to be able to score some points. I think they had – I had a stat – like on, on, on nine drives the, to end the Bills game and to start the Jaguars game, they had they scored on like eight of those nine drives, uh, and the only one they didn't was an incompletion, or seven of the nine, and two of them, one of the two that they didn't, uh, they didn't score was a Preston Williams dropping a touchdown on fourth down. Their, their offense is much better than it was against the Patriots, so they're trending in the right direction. Meanwhile, the Seahawks have the league's worst worst defense. Their pass defense gives up 430 yards a game. Uh, They're totally banged up. Jamal Adams isn't going to play. Their their secondary is brutal right now. And I think uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Isecki are going to feast. That's point two. Point three, Armando, is this. You're having a West Coast team come to Miami and play at 1 o'clock in September. And again, sometimes that can be overblown, but the numbers bear it out. Pacific Coast teams who have to come to Miami and play Armando uh, are two and eight against the Miami Dolphins in the last ten years. They have, the Dolphins have gone eight and two against those West Coast teams at home. There's a real, real home field advantage for a team that has to play in that hot weather, coming from you know they're they're, they're basically just waking up at the time of kickoff uh, when it's going to be on their body clock on Sunday. And so I think the Seahawks, which have escaped two their last two weeks now. Uh, are due for a step back. Are the Dolphins going to win outright? I'm not going to make that prediction, but I do think they're going to cover. You made that prediction in the production meeting. And? I mean, you in the production meeting, you were all like, Dolphins are winning. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. I, Come I, on. I, I recorded Come it. On. I recorded it. I have the tape. I would love to hear that tape. Uh, well, I mean, I'll reach for it later, but <laughs> but I think that's what you said. You said that the Dolphins were beating the Seahawks. I said I had a bold prediction. Okay. All right. I, I guess maybe I, I wasn't listening to you again. <laughs> no, Where, that, where's the flaw in my logic, Armando? There's no flaw in your logic other than, um, this, and, uh, it's it's going to be cut and dry. You you mentioned how the Dolphins basically lost to two playoff teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or two likely or possible playoff teams in New England and Buffalo. And that's fair. 
But then in speaking about the Seattle Seahawks, and especially on defense, you mentioned how terrible they are. Well, yes, they're terrible because they played, what was it, the Dallas Cowboys? Mm -hmm. The New England Patriots? Uh, You know, that might have something to do with it. So, yeah, the Dolphins are, you know, struggling to a degree because they lost to two playoff teams. The Seahawks beat two playoff teams. The the Seahawks gave up 25 points to the Falcons, 30 points to the Patriots, and 31 points to the Cowboys. Now, we know know the Falcons are a disaster this year. No, 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 no. The Falcons... (laughs) Defense is a disaster. That offense is elite. Okay, that, that, that's fair. The Falcons are, are, are a disaster in the last 90 seconds of games. That's probably more fair. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, even still, they've given up 25 or more points in each of the, the first three games of the season. That ain't good. And, and then when you look at, you know, if they didn't have a couple of timely turnovers, it could have been way worse. I mean, they, 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 could, be, they could have the worst, you know, the – the, the, the worst scoring defense in the NFL right now. So there will be plays to be made uh, for Fitz, and the question is, can, can he do it? Can he string together a third straight good game in a row? And, you know, history isn't exactly kind on that front. Oh, yeah, you wrote about that last week, did you not, about the, uh, the Fitz roller coaster? Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it is wild. Um, it's amazing because he is, every time, and Chan Gilly said it again today, one of the greatest football minds that these coaches have ever been around. Also one of the greatest competitors they've ever been around. What, what they never say is one of the greatest physical ta- specimens they've ever been around because that's just not the case. If you had, if, if you had Josh Allen's ability and Fitz's mind and drive, you would have John Elway. You would have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But what, what, to, to, to me, what, what, what Fitz really – it boggles my mind sometimes, the decisions he makes – this is the dude that had a perfect SAT score that missed one question on the Wonderlick, and yet sometimes he doesn't pick up the linebacker that's standing right there on the second level to intercept his passes. That, to me, is strange. Um, I think he plays a lot. He, yeah, he, he's, he's got a very keen mind, but he also plays a lot on adrenaline, and, and he gambles some, too. And, and the question is, can the Seahawks, with their really banged-up secondary, make him pay? When we come back, I want to talk about what – Everything you said about Fitz is all great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about why it all stinks, because it's it's bad too, and we'll discuss that after this break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Adam. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm feeling you, man. I, I love Fitz. Uh, fun to watch, fun to cover, bright mind, um, you know, try hard guy, a leader. Uh, uh, and oh, a, he's, he's got a mane of chest hair that he doesn't mind showing off to national television audience. I'm not going there. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, so all of that is great. But here's my problem with all of that. You can't fall in love with it. You cannot make the mistake of thinking that's good enough. Look, um, I watched some football this weekend, and hmm, the I'm sorry to tell you, but the Buffalo Bills have what is now an elite quarterback. Josh Allen right now is playing at an elite level. Mm-hmm. He is one of the top. I don't know, five guys in the NFL right now. Correct. Agreed? Okay. Right right, right, right now being the key phrase, but correct. Fair. Um, Cam Newton with the New England Patriots, he's not on that upper echelon, but he is really, 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 really good when he's healthy, and he's healthy right now. So right now he is not elite, but he's just below that. And guess what? Amazingly, they're both winning. <laughs> what, 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 about, what about Sam Darnold? You didn't bring him up. Yeah, Sam Darnold has regressed. He's taken a step back. And amazingly, they're not winning. I mean, he's making bad decisions. He's making he, – he is a total disappointment. And I'm not going to go where you want to go uh, on, that, <laughs> on that issue. But But – the Dolphins, they can look at their situation and say, we don't have an elite quarterback, but this guy's really good. He's playing really well. He's he's good enough to get us to the playoffs. And I tell you, that is a mistake. For the only reason that it, uh, Jeff Ireland used to have this, um, this term, progress stopper. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the ultimate progress stopper. Tua Tungavailoa is not getting reps in games because Ryan Fitzpatrick has has uh, is beloved among the Dolphins, and he is the so-called guy with the best chance to win, and that ultimately is hurting the Dolphins. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, one, when viewed through that lens, that's exactly right. Uh, the Dolphins might view it through a different lens, however. Um, they, they, they might redshirt the wrong reason, but they still might not be ready to go full Tua yet in games. They, 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 they might want to give him that full 12 months to heal up before they put him at that risk again. We don't know that answer. They have not answered that question publicly. Uh, Flores did say late in preseason that, you know, they still had some questions about having him active on game day. Those questions have since been answered. But if th- th- there should be two, two criteria 
obviously, for playing Tua. A, is he in the same ballpark performance-wise in practice as Fitz? Because if he is terrible and Fitz is balling out, which Fitz the last two weeks has been balling out, we don't know this because we haven't seen practice. But if, if that's the case, that's a good way to lose the locker room, especially after you start to play a little bit better on offense, to go and force, you know, force a round peg in a square hole for a guy who's not ready. Um, n- number two is this. Uh, quarterback play this year, Armando, is off the charts. Like, Fitz is having a solid year, and he's like 18th in passer rating. It, it used to be 100 was a good number for passer rating, right? I mean, if you got to 100 passer rating, you're having a pretty good season. That's only good for 12th right now in the NFL. Uh, number one is the guy coming to town, Russell Wilson. His passer rating is an absurd 139. 139. The NFL record for a 16-game season is Aaron Rodgers at 122.5. He's 16.5 points higher than that. Again, it's a small sample size. We've got a long way to go. Uh, so the, you know, the, the question is this. Do you think when Tua does play, he's going to be able to keep up? Now, if, if, if you're just saying 2020 is a developed Tua season, I totally, get, I totally get your point of view. But I don't think, and I am sure that Brian Flores isn't ready, and I don't think Steve Ross is ready to punt on another season. Like, they did that last year. They, they, they played the young guys last year just for the sake of playing young guys and developing them. And I know quarterbacks are different beasts. But if you're trying to win games right now, I mean, Fitz is playing well. How, how, how do you turn to the guy who you have, you have – you might have an idea how he's going to perform, but you don't know for sure because he's never even done in a preseason game. I made this mistake last year, and I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe trick again. Look, uh, last year was good for Fitz to, to play because it showed that he's worthy of, of returning, and it made Brian Flores 5-11 and 11 instead of 2-14, and 14, okay? Maybe 2-14. Maybe right. So, so that's all well and good. Do you really believe that? Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the 13 next games that the Dolphins play, and they're going to go 9-4? and four. Do you really think that? Oh, well, I don't think 10 wins is, gonna get you, is what you're going to need to get in the playoffs. I think 9-7, I think and seven, maybe even 8-8, eight and eight because you have a 17 this year. Well, uh, uh, here, here's, here's, do you here's, think this is a 9-win win, win team with Ryan Fitzpatrick given the schedule? Not the schedule, no. That schedule is so hard. Well, but I will, then what I, are you doing? I, I, I will. I will wasting say, time. You, you you make a valid point. You do, but Flores isn't wired that way. He's not. He is wired to today is Tuesday. Only thing on my mind today on Tuesday is to win on Sunday, and then you'll flip the, you'll flip the calendar and you'll reassess. What, did Fitz give us our best chance to win? In the last two weeks, the answer is absolutely yes. Like. Uh, there's no way Tua in his first two games is going to play at the level Fitz has the last two weeks. There's no way. I mean, so 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 right now the answer is yes. Um, the, the the question is this, and and look, I don't, you know, I'm not certain they're going to win on Sunday. I think they have a chance, but I think the way their schedule looked at the beginning of the season compared to what it looks like now, three and three Armando six games in is a real possibility because the San Francisco 49ers have major injuries and the Denver Broncos barely have a football team right now. I mean, the, the, the Broncos probably have less talent now than the Dolphins did last year. Available talent, obviously. Guys that can play the game. They're, they are so, so destroyed by injuries. 
So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they pull up a, a big upset this week or win those two games on the road, then they're 3-3 three and three with only two home games, and those home games were against the Bills and the Seahawks, two of the better teams in the league. The schedule gets a little softer, and, and you could get to December, and this could be a trap, as you say. This could be fool's gold, but you could get to December at 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, something like that, and then you're absolutely in it. Now, you look at their last four weeks of the season, their schedule is ridiculously hard. Um, they're they're, they're going to probably lose three out of four during that down that stretch, but they put themselves in the position. And so how do you go and tell Kyle Van Noy, who's 29 years old, how do you go tell Shaq Lawson, who's 25, 26, 27 years old, whatever it is, how do you tell Eric Flowers, who came here to, to, to be on a competitive team, hey, you guys have a chance to go make a run, maybe get into the playoffs, but we're going to play the rookie instead because he needs reps. That's, that's a hard sell. This is how you tell them. You're getting paid, number one. Do what we tell you, number two. <laughs> number three. Well, it's, you're, never, you're, it's, ne- it's never that easy. Wait, you know you're that. 29 years old, okay? You're not winning an NFL championship this year. You probably aren't going to the playoffs. You might sneak in, but you're probably not. I, I mean, you're just not. You're, you're, you're two games behind the leader in your division, and you're one game and, and, and a loss down to the guy who is number two. That's the New England Patriots. So this year, you have a chance to be 8-8 eight and eight and be happy with that, with Fitz. And then next year, you're going to be struggling because your quarterback is is going to be having his first year of growing pains. Or you're still maybe going to be 8-8 eight and eight this year, 7-9, and 6-10 with the growing pains quarterback, and next year you might, you know, be a playoff team that actually is relevant in the playoffs with so, a quarterback that had a year to develop. So what I'm hearing uh, during this from this conversation, what I'm gathering is I should expect on Sunday – a column that says bench fits play Tua. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, look, I believe that Tua. When when I hear we gotta wait a year before his injury to put him in there, then I mean, why isn't he on IR? Why is he taking up a roster spot? the The, the point is he's on the team. Mm-hmm. He's available every week to play. So I mean, eventually. Let's get it going here. Let's well, play because Fitz is not going to be your long-term answer. And if Brian Flores, who's who, as you put it, he, the only thing he sees is next Sunday, then he's got, uh, then he's you know nearsighted. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Uh, and, and, a, and a coach and an organization has to have what vision for what it's about to do and what it's trying to do and accomplish. It's not about right now, the next minute. It's about the next few years. Well, and he, and he would his, his uh, response to that would be, that's Chris Greer's job. My job is to coach the players I have and get a win. And, again, you would hope that they're on the same page when it comes to that, that vision thing. But, uh, but that, that would be his response. A, co- a, a couple of uh, notes on, on Tua. One, this thing might work itself out <laughs> because, I mean, if Fitz keeps, you know, acting as a fullback and delivering punishing lead blocks and running like he's, you know, 23 years old again, 
he's going to get hurt at some point. That's not sustainable. Or two, you've got the you've got the schedule that could, as you mentioned, put them on the wrong side of the of the win loss ledger, and the 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 point becomes moot that you know they might as well just play the guy. Uh, and point number two is this, Armando, and, I, and Barry brought it up to Chan today, and Chan wouldn't answer because he's a grizzled veteran in this league. But what's stopping them from having some two-up packages? You know, having maybe a series in the first half, series in the second half to get him that work, or even you know, wildcats the wrong word because he wouldn't run the wildcat, but that kind of situation where you bring him in for a player two change of pace to get him some work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure play callers wouldn't like the disruption, but hell, the Saints do it pretty well with Taysom Hill, right? Maybe not this year because they're one and two, but last year they found a way to, to, to have that change of pace quarterback, and Drew Brees didn't seem to pitch a fit about it. So uh, there are ways that, that he could see the field. Uh, I just don't know if they're ready to do that yet. I, 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 I think if they were ready for Tua to play, Tua would be playing. Uh, I have to tell you, the the whole idea of a package for Tua is utter ridiculousness. Wow. And this is the reason. Tua is not that guy. He is not uh, a running quarterback. He is not Taysom Hill who is going to run the football, uh, you know, 60% of the time that he has it. Tua is a pocket passer. And the better, the faster people realize this, the better it's going to be. Can't, is he mobile? Yes, he's mobile. He can move around in the pocket, and occasionally he can, you know, give you a, a you know a first down on a third and seven, third and eight. But here's the problem: he is not Michael Vick. He, he is not that guy. Well, he, yeah, he got hurt trying to run away from two Mississippi State defensive ends or defensive linemen that he couldn't outrun. Right. I don't think you, necess- you have to bring him in to be Michael Vick. You bring him in to be Tua Tungavailoa, and you run, you run plays that he does the best. And, and that's the package. That, it's not, you, you, you know, you make him a totally an RPO. Oh, well, RPO is what he does well, but uh, like, a, like, a, like a read option kind of guy. No. You, 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 you do the things that he does well that maybe Fitz doesn't do well, and you give the defense something different to think about. Um, look, I, I, I mean, I... I don't know if there's an easy answer. If there was one, we would know it. Uh, but the, the, the Dolphins, from everything that we've heard internally and externally, they're, they're not at the point that they're going to put him out there for, for 65 snaps yet. The question is, when does that change? Granted, this season so far is about win now, not develop the quarterback. All I'm saying is that approach, if it's a season-long approach, You are doing yourself a disservice because you are neither going to win enough to get to relevancy in the playoffs, and then next year, your quarterback that you're going to play, whether he's ready or not, is going to go through his growing pains phase. And every quarterback has it. You see it right now with Joe Burrow. You see it uh, right now in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert. Rookie quarterbacks don't typically walk onto the field and dominate. It takes them a minute. And it's going to take Tua Tungavailoa a minute to figure it out. And that minute might be all of next year if they don't get him some games this year. All right, let's get out of here on this. You know I love 
playing games with you over and under, you know, prop bet games because I'm a degenerate gambler. Um, let's play this game. What's more likely? And here's the question. The Dolphins win on Sunday or Tua Tungabailoa enters the game? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. And uh, my, my response would be that the only way that Tua enters the game, I think, is if Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt. I hate this question. No comments. <laughs> well, what, what, if, what if it's a blowout one way or the other? It's not going to be a blowout the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I don't think the Dolphins are going to outscore the, the, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, and this team loses to elite quarterbacks so far this year. Yeah, I, I think, and we'll get out of here on this, I think the biggest uh, key to this game is one we haven't even discussed yet, the health, the collective health of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Byron didn't play last week because of a groin injury, didn't practice on Monday, uh, and Xavier Howard did not practice on Monday as well, uh, although he did play, I think, every snap um, against the Jaguars. If those two guys are healthy and ready to go, I give the Dolphins a puncher's chance. A puncher's chance. I like it. Jerry Quarry? Is that, is that wow? Wow! Look at against, that reference against Ken Norton. Yes. That's the way it's going to work. Or Jerry yes. Corey against Ali. Okay, <laughs> uh, Google a picture of Jerry Corey's face after he faced Ali. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying. Well, we, wow! That's a, that, that is a rough way to get out of here, but that's <laughs> a fitting way. We appreciate you um, you giving us a puncher's chance every week here on Dolphins in Depth podcast. For star of the show, Adam Beasley, I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Beasley, I suggest the nine iron. <laughs> <laughs>